News Source 1 Messiana. News and headlines the way you want in the morning. This is News to Go, your morning show focusing on the top stories from various news outlets. Also available via Ironca Podcast app. News Nation this hour, I'm James Sears. President Biden is pushing his Build Back Better agenda in Scranton, Pennsylvania. He argued the bipartisan infrastructure package and larger spending plan have nothing to do with what side of the aisle you stand on. These bills are about competitiveness versus complacency. They're about expanding opportunity, not having opportunity denied. They're about leading the world and continuing to let the world or let it pass us by. He insisted the measures won't increase the deficit and are fully paid for. Biden's been holding meetings with Democrats to try to hammer out a deal. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer recently said he hopes a deal on the framework can be reached this week. John Deere won an injunction against workers on strike in Davenport, Iowa. They're no longer allowed to picket on the company's property until there's an agreement on a new labor contract. This after picketers have reportedly been harassing employees who are not on strike. Almost half of Afghan refugees housed at eight U.S. military bases are children. According to a letter from Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin to Senator James Inhofe, 44% of those housed are kids. There are now some 55,000 refugees at U.S. bases. Kids between 5 and 11 years old will be able to get Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine at their doctor's offices, pharmacies, and possibly their schools. That's according to a Biden administration plan in anticipation of FDA and CDC approval. U.S. Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy. We're preparing a national public education campaign that will meet parents where they are with information about the vaccines. Nearly 30 million children could start receiving the vaccine next month and be fully vaccinated by Christmas. Hawaii is saying aloha to tourists once again as its COVID case count is dropping steadily. Governor David Ige. We want to invite and encourage fully vaccinated visitors and residents to travel for business or leisure Trans-Pacific and Inter-Island. That's starting November 1st. To avoid a 10-day quarantine upon arrival, travelers must show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test taken within 72 hours of their departure for Hawaii. And beware of eating onions. The CDC is telling shoppers to throw some away if they don't know where they're from. Red, white, and yellow onions imported from Mexico are linked to a growing salmonella outbreak. More than 650 people have gotten sick in 37 states so far. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and on the News Nation Now app. I'm James Sears. Thursday. Scattered showers and thunderstorms mostly cloudy. With a high near 58. West wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. With gusts as high as 20 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation as 30%. Thursday night. A 30% chance of showers before 8 p.m. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 39. North wind 5 to 10 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 20 miles per hour. Friday, partly sunny, with a high near 53. Calm wind becoming southwest around 5 miles per hour in the afternoon. Have you enjoyed listening to The John Schaefer Show? Now dot you can watch him on our Facebook group. The John Schaefer Show. Posted on the weekend on News Source 1 Michiana Facebook group. 
Welcome to 2021 Talks, where we're following our democracy in historic times. The Biden administration has just become bystanders. They don't solve any problem. The Secretary of Transportation says, oh, the supply problems are going to continue through next year. I could have heard that from CNN. Why does he come up with a solution? With more than 100 ships waiting to unload off the California coast, Florida Senator Rick Scott and other Republicans are blaming the White House for the supply chain crisis. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg said he's not ruling out the possibility of easing tariffs or using the National Guard to help unload cargo. Inflationary concerns are also plaguing President Biden's efforts to pass a massive spending bill. House Democratic Caucus Chair Hakeem Jeffries and other House Democrats met with a top economist Tuesday. The inflation that we're experiencing and we know is impacting everyday Americans across the country is connected, of course, to the COVID-19 pandemic, to the supply chain issues largely connected to the pandemic, uh, to the shutdown to some extent that took place as a result of the pandemic, and of course, most recently, the rise of the Delta variant. Jeffries reports inflation is not projected for the long term. As expected, Senate Republicans blocked a revised bill to overhaul federal elections. Sadly, we have seen these moments before. I'd like to think that we have evolved as a nation and that we would not have to return to a moment where the United States Senate would have to debate, yet in this situation fail as a body to even move forward protections as it relates to the right to vote. That's Vice President Kamala Harris who says the fight for voting rights isn't over. The bill would have made Election Day a holiday, set early voting standards, and tackled gerrymandering. The Biden administration is threatening to revoke the authority of three red states to enforce workplace safety rules, saying Arizona, South Carolina, and Utah are failing to adequately protect health care workers from COVID-19. During his confirmation hearing for U.S. Ambassador to Japan, Rahm Emanuel responded to claims he was part of a police shooting cover-up while Chicago mayor. A video of a now-former officer shooting 14-year-old Laquan McDonald 16 times was not released for more than a year. Manuel said the investigation couldn't be compromised. The moment a politician unilaterally makes a decision in the middle of an investigation, you've politicized that investigation, and more importantly, you may have endangered the prosecution and bring somebody to justice. Some progressive Democrats are vocally opposed to his nomination. The race for the Virginia governor's office is a dead heat. A Monmouth University poll shows former Democratic Governor Terry McAuliffe and Republican nominee Glenn Youngkin both at 46% among registered voters, with Youngkin's recent rise attributed to independence. Finally, more than 6 in 10 Americans in a new survey believe Supreme Court decisions are based more on politics than the Constitution, and broad majorities want to end lifetime appointments. I'm Mary Sherman for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our A-Trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy online at publicnewsservice.org. From the Black Information Network, this is the BIM Daily Update. I'm Vanessa Tyler. And I'm Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. If many in the black community were hoping for a yes with this vital vote. The yeas are 49, the nays are 51, three-fifths of the senators duly chosen and sworn, not having voted in the affirmative. The motion is not agreed to. Vice President Kamala Harris announcing the disappointing results. The Republicans blocked forward progress on the Democrats' voting rights bill. The vote was simply to open debate on a voting bill, but without 
without that 60-vote threshold to proceed, which could have stopped all those voting restrictions in Republican-led states, this no vote halts it dead in its tracks. White Republican Senate leader Mitch McConnell called the vote a scheme to take over elections. Boosters are a step closer for the other vaccines. The FDA is authorizing extra shots for Moderna and Johnson & Johnson. In making that announcement, the agency also said any of the three vaccines, which includes Pfizer, could now be used as a booster in a mix-and-match approach. So now the CDC's vaccine advisors will meet on whether to recommend the FDA's authorization. And if they do that, they will head to CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky for the final approval. We've been warned the unvaccinated allows new COVID-19 variants to emerge. Now there are concerns about a variant of the Delta that's popping up overseas. It's called the AY4.2. The good thing, says CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, is there is a way to tackle it. There is no evidence that the sublineage AY4.2 impacts the effectiveness of our current vaccines or therapeutics. But Dr. Walensky adds the vaccines only work if those who haven't taken the shots finally decide to get vaccinated. Lately, the number of COVID cases, hospitalizations, and thankfully deaths are on a downward trajectory. The trial of the three white Georgia men accused in the murder of black jogger Ahmaud Arbery already has a problem. As potential jurors access the court website, they are able to click a link and see all the motion papers filed. And in those documents, there is information the judge may not want them to see. For an example, Vice News reports there are details about Arbery's mental health and criminal history, which the judge already banned from the trial. It's expected the judge will ask the jury pool if they've clicked and read that information. The debate over critical race theory, teaching the true history about slavery and racism in America, is not an education many want to learn in school. I don't have to make white children feel bad about being white. That's former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice on The View. The black Republican who grew up in the segregated South says she was taught not to let race define or restrict her. Pushback on social media was harsh. One comment, Rice is dedicated to white comfort at all costs. The keys to success may include college, hard work, start early, stay late. But did that checklist include golf? It should. Many deals are made on the greens, which is why Tiffany Fitzgerald started Black Girls Golf based in Atlanta. The group hosts golf clinics across the country. The mission to expose black women and girls to the sport, get in some fun, exercise, and maybe close a great business deal before the 18th hole. I'm Vanessa Tyler with Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. This episode is brought to you by City of Hope. City of Hope has only one real goal, one reason they fight to deliver world-class breast cancer care, one objective, driving them to ensure your treatment is crafted just for you, and it's to finally reach that one day, one moment, one giant exhale when you triumph over breast cancer. Discover more at cityofhope.org slash breastcancercare. I'm Mike Stevens. And I'm Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. It's one of the biggest fears of African Americans being pulled over by police, even though they've done nothing wrong, and that leads to a violent encounter or being wrongly arrested. In Waterloo, Iowa, investigators now admit a black postal worker was held at gunpoint in a case of what cops say was mistaken identity. The wife of Shadrach Wilson was recording while watching and trying to keep her husband calm. Shadrach, just chill so you can come home. Please, just chill. 
so you can come home. We can talk about it when you get home, please. Police say Wilson was stopped lawfully, even though he was mistaken for someone else. In this case, nobody was hurt. The black man was released after his identity was confirmed. But this kind of thing has happened so much, it makes some wonder if, to some officers, black men really do all look alike. And others say maybe it doesn't matter if someone they stop is innocent or guilty of a crime, as long as they're black. It's a reminder, all elections matter. There are several communities around the country that are finding state legislatures, most Republican and white, are redrawing political maps in their own favor. In Detroit, Michigan, a large city with the highest percentage of black residents in the nation, a new political map is upsetting African-American residents. Black Michigan State Senator Adam Hollier. We are here because the Citizens Redistricting Commission has gone from 17 majority black districts, primarily based in the city of Detroit, to zero. And this coalition of elected officials, former elected officials, community activists, faith leaders think that's a problem. Black residents, lawmakers, community activists, pastors, and union leaders are among those protesting the new political maps. Despite the flames and nothing left of the plane, all survived. And there were no major injuries when a Boston, Massachusetts-bound plane carrying more than 20 people hit a fence while taking off from the Houston Executive Airport. An investigation is going on to determine what caused the plane to veer off the runway. So much for privacy. The state of Oregon says it accidentally made public the vaccination status of more than 40,000 state workers. A spreadsheet sent to news organizations was just supposed to show vaccination rates. Instead, the files went out with the detailed vaccination status of state employees, and many of them are very upset. As we continue to look at the legacy of Colin Powell, who died at the age of 84, an opinion piece in the conversation says General Powell, the first black secretary of state, learned early on how to survive and thrive in his black skin in a white country. He did well in two worlds, whether as a soldier, politician, and a diplomat. He was conservative in his views, but also willing to call out fellow Republicans for racism. Colin Powell learned how to transcend race, garnering the respect of both parties and people of all backgrounds. For these stories and more, listen to the Black Information Network on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Mike Stevens with Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. This episode is brought to you by WinBet Sportsbook and Casino. WinBet is live in Michigan, and they have what you need to win. Just download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com and enter the promo code SPOTIFY to get up to $1,000 toward a risk-free sports bet. Download. Bet. Win. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in Michigan. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. Your money on the Black Information Network. Overdraft fees can be a significant and unnecessary expense, especially if you have to pay them often. However, Bankrate.com says there are five easy steps you can take to avoid them and ways you can negotiate to get them waived if you're charged. 
First, opt out of automatic overdrafts when you open a new account. Use an account that doesn't charge you. Sign up for bank alerts to be notified when your account balance falls below a certain amount. Use overdraft protection. That's when the bank will transfer money from one of your other accounts to cover an overdrawn amount. And finally, keep a cushion balance to cover those forgotten or unexpected charges. Meantime, financial guru Susie Orman says couples should never have a joint checking account. Orman told CNBC sharing bank accounts with your partner may make your budget issues even worse. Orman recommends using a simple equation to determine how much money each person will contribute to household expenses. The Women and Money podcast host says having joint bank accounts can lead to power imbalances and a loss of autonomy. Money news at 24 and 54 minutes past each hour. I'm Julius White on the Black Information Network. Here's a list of things you can do while also listening to the new season of our travel podcast, Thrillist Explorers. Wash the dishes while I do yoga at the Satanic Temple in Salem, Massachusetts. Go for a jog as we learn that cheesesteaks really do taste better in Philly. Have you ever done an interview while jogging before? No. <laughs> Drive to work as we reflect on one of the world's strangest liquors. I even had that period in my life where I would tell friends, oh, actually, I kind of like the taste of Malort. You just don't get it, <laughs> which is every Chicagoan's lie. Do your laundry as we hear about the secrets of Margaritaville. You're Jimmy Buffett. And he goes, that's absolutely right, but you never saw me here. And I go, you got it. Close your eyes and disassociate as Tony Hawk tells us why he had to throw away his skateboard at airport security. The TSA said, you can't carry a skateboard. You have to go check in. I was like, I'm going to miss my flight. I think a few people saw me do it. They were just like, what is wrong with you? I'm Will Fulton. Listen to the Thrillist Explorers podcast on October 28th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcast. And I promise if we do another jogging interview, I will get in better shape. Download the BIN Daily Update every morning on the iHeartRadio app. the Daily Yonder and Public News Service, this is the news from rural America. Race and slavery had a lot to do with why things in our community began to decline. Keisha Curran is the mayor of Tallahassee, Oklahoma, the oldest of the state's 13 historically all-black towns originally founded on Indian territory, where tribes had enslaved African Americans. It's also the only small town to join the coalition launched by Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, Mayors Organized for Reparations and Equity. We've never had a serious solutions-oriented conversation about restitution to enslaved people or to their descendants. Tallahassee, population 150, is working to create a museum or tourist center as part of the pilot program for reparations. In Kentucky, a 29-year-old COVID-19 skeptic now believes the shot could have prevented his two-week hospital stay. If I knew the vaccine would have even just taken some of the blunt away from it, I would have gotten it. Ethan Kohler is part of a statewide video campaign called Take It From Me. He's joined in the video by Dr. Neil Mosier, who hopes residents will trust their doctors about the vaccine to help end the pandemic. The vaccinations, which now have been available for almost a year, has been given billions of times across the planet, uh, is safe and is very, very effective at saving lives. Pandemic distress has led many people to pick up the phone or schedule an online visit for mental and behavioral issues. Carrie Frank with the Center for Improving Value in Healthcare in Colorado says telehealth is a game changer where stigma is an issue. Especially in a rural area where everybody can see your car parked in front of the therapist. 
Frank says telehealth is not something that's going to replace a visit to the doctor. I do think that we should be making sure that we're utilizing technology that we have at our fingertips. Meanwhile, from pumpkin patches to haunted houses, many rural communities use what's at their fingertips to make Halloween add up. Ask Martha Lynn, a longtime resident of Villisca, Iowa, who has turned a local mystery into a year-round destination. Let me tell you something, it is a profit-making place. The Axe Murder House was purchased by Lynn and her husband nearly 30 years ago. Soon, so-called dark tourism enthusiasts were staying overnight, hoping to commune with the family murdered there in 1912. It's something that happened over 100 years ago. Eight people were killed with an axe in this house, and the crime was never solved. Ghost hunters now pay $428 per night to stay. Lynn describes what they experience. Sounds on the steps, children crying or children laughing. They'll sit in a circle and put the ball in the middle and ask them to play ball with them and the ball will start moving. At this spookiest time of the year, don't expect a vacancy sign at the Velisca Axe Murder House. For the Yonder Report and Public News Service, I'm Roz Brown. For more rural stories, visit dailyyonder.com. This is News Source 1 Michiana, Elkhart South Bend. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. In Reader's Digest, there was once this funny but true story of a teacher who passed out to her students a realistic-looking copy of the Declaration of Independence. And it eventually found its way to the desk of a first-generation immigrant student. And this young boy stared reverently at it for some time, and then he took out his pen and added his own signature to it. This is akin to what we read in Psalm 44, which begins, We have heard it with our ears, O God. Our ancestors have told us what you did in their days, in days long ago. With your hand you drove out the nations and planted our ancestors. You crushed the peoples and made our ancestors flourish. That's how Psalm 44 begins. God's people retelling the story of their forefathers and the beginning of their nation, Israel. And then they write themselves into this story. Verse 4, You are my king and my God, who decrees victories for Jacob. Through you we push back our enemies. Through your name we trample our foes. I put no trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory. But you give us victory over our enemies. You put our adversaries to shame. In God we make our boast all day long. And we will praise your name forever. We hear in verses 4 to 8, not a declaration of independence, but a declaration of dependence with a pledge of allegiance to Almighty God. There's complete recognition that God alone gets the credit for any and all success in this life. This, my friends, is faith. Total trust in God. Things couldn't be better if you're a child of God. And then, disaster. Verses 9 to 11. But now you have rejected and humbled us. You no longer go out with our armies. You made us retreat before the enemy. And our adversaries have plundered us. You gave us up to be devoured like sheep and have scattered us among the nations. The other day I read a quote from a Christian pastor who said, We believe what we experience. The idea being that we don't have to live as victims if we simply have enough faith. If we trust in God, there's no reason why we shouldn't be overcomers. 
There's a lot of this way of thinking that goes on in various Christian circles. But what do you do when your experience completely contradicts your belief? In Psalm 44, God's people are trusting Him. They're living faithfully. Listen to verses 17 and 18. All this came upon us, though we had not forgotten you, we had not been false to your covenant. Our hearts had not turned back. Our feet had not strayed from your path. Verses 20 and 21. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God have discovered it since he knows the secrets of the heart? They are obeying God. They're trusting in him. And they go out to face the enemy and they get slaughtered. They're scattered across the nation. Their homeland is plundered. And it is God who is doing this. Verse 19. But you crushed us and made us a haunt for jackals. You covered us over with deep darkness. Friends, what do we do with this? What do we do when what we confess and believe are nothing like our life experience? What do we do when we see the people of God getting slaughtered, like we recently saw in Afghanistan? Or how about those missionaries recently kidnapped in Haiti? How do we understand Psalm 44:22? Yet for your sake, that's God's sake, we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. And this is not simply an Old Testament people of God thing. Paul quotes it in the New Testament in Romans 8, a chapter we could call the triumph of God's love. Paul writes in Romans 8, 36 to 39, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How can Paul say that we're more than conquerors when we're being slaughtered? How can he say we're conquerors when we face death all day long? When it seems like God is absent or taking a nap when we are most in need? A dear Christian woman called me up yesterday, exhausted, weary, saddened. Her husband is dying of cancer. We live in a world where pledging allegiance to God, where Inserting our names into the Christian story may not make our lives better. The reality is, being one of God's people may even make our lives worse. Friends, we need Psalm 44 for times like this. Because it ends with the psalmist doing the thing that you and I need to be doing. He says in verse 26, Rise up and help us. Rescue us because of your unfailing love. We are to keep calling out for God, and we do what Paul later understood. We understand our hope rests on God's unfailing love, love that outlasts the worst this life can throw at us, because God's love lasts longer than our life in this world. The proof is seen at the cross, where our Lord Jesus became a slaughtered lamb, who felt most profoundly God's absence, but he passed through death into the new creation life. And we will too, if we
we keep putting our trust in God's unfailing love. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. My pastor friend David Murray writes, The Psalms treat depression more realistically than many of today's popular books on Christianity and psychology. David and other psalmists often found themselves deeply depressed for various reasons. They did not, however, apologize for what they were feeling, nor did they confess it as sin. It was a legitimate part of their relationship with God. They interacted with Him through the context of their depression. I find Murray's comments to be a helpful correction to much of what was taught to me growing up. Many Christians were taught that if you're depressed, it's due to a lack of faith or due to guilt from your sin. And there is a good depression that hopefully comes when we choose to do wrong. Those pangs in our heart that reveal we have not loved God and others like we should. That sort of depression, which is good, can lead us to repent, to turn and to seek forgiveness, to find healing. But there's a bad depression that does not come from a lack of faith or our bad choices. Bad depression can come because we're broken people living in a broken world and God has placed eternity in our hearts. Listen to Psalm 43. Vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why, my soul? Are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. In that last verse, we hear a repeat of what we heard in Psalm 42. The psalmist is feeling depressed. In response, he starts preaching to himself. He says, Soul, why are you downcast? Soul, Put your hope in God. We will again praise Him. Friends, one of the best things that the Psalms teach us is that when we're depressed, when we're feeling discouraged, we need to stop listening to ourselves and start talking to ourselves, preaching to ourselves the gospel of who God is for us now and who He will be for us in the future. And Psalm 43 teaches us something else. Notice the psalmist is doubly frustrated. It's not only the antagonism of the ungodly, but it's the abandonment of God, who he needs to rescue him. And he's left with a choice, as are you and I. In those times of depression, will we run to the darkness, or will we continue to ask God to send us his light? Verse 3. Will we run to false refuges, or will we continue to trust God's faithful care? Will we allow this world's promises to direct our path to fleeting joys and pacifications? Will we allow God's truth to lead us to his dwelling and into his eternal place, his presence?
where we'll find true joy. Friends, it is so easy to descend into cynicism, to become cold, to cast aside our commitment to Christ. Perhaps we've been wounded by a friend or betrayed by someone we loved who is close. We can become disillusioned by our world and the evil that just seems to gain momentum. Maybe our career or the plans for the future, they disintegrate. Maybe a doctor's visit reveals something you didn't want to hear. Now the world will hold forth quick fixes. Let's be honest. We prefer quick fixes, don't we? But God holds forth habits. Joining with the faithful in the place where God speaks week after week. Partaking of the pilgrim food and the prayers. God wants us to discover not the quick fix. He wants us to discover over the course of our lives, however long they might be, the depth of his love and grace, which we can only begin to grasp as we embrace the liturgy of life, the habits of the holy, the steps of the saints. Friends, this is the remedy for the malady depression. There are winter seasons where we are cold. Everything seems dead but God's graces grow best in the winter. We return again and again, even as God's goodness seems to be a faint memory. Memory, And it's only as we endure the trials that we then discover that he has been an ever-present rock, that rock who gives life-giving refreshment in the desert of this world. In times of weakness, know that God will not abandon us forever. Keep returning to the means of grace he prescribes for those willing to come to the end of themselves. And God will either lighten the burden you carry, or he will build your faith. In either case, you'll see you are never alone. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to.